thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today is going to be a really cool podcast. If you haven't already listened to the show that we did with Dr. Jack Cruz, pause, drop everything right now and go back and listen to that podcast because it is a game changer. He is outspoken, he's aggressive, and he has one of the most profound and specific messages that we all need to hear. So after listening to that show, we thought that this show is a perfect opportunity for you guys to hear how Kim, Cindy, and myself have adjusted our behaviors, what's happening in our homes, what's happening in our kitchens, what's happening in our lives as a result of that podcast with Dr. Jack Cruz. Because I know, we all know that Sometimes we can listen to podcasts that are so inspiring or that really cause us to want to make change, but we just don't know how. Well, this is a podcast that's all about how. How do you implement what you've heard on that show into your own life? So jump on the bandwagon, settle down, tune in, grab a notepad and a pen and listen in as Kim, Cindy and I go through the changes that we've made. Over to you, Cindy. Hit us up. What do you think? What's going on? Oh, well, you know, I, I realized as I listened to Jack and I, I don't, I think after we spoke to Jason, so they'll have listened to Jack and then they can go and listen to Jason who is right after Jack. So Jack is um, episode 327 and Jason is 328 and 329. So once you have um, listened to those and realized that, all, well, Kim and I and Karen were all a little bit shocked by the information. And I had a really hard time for quite some time, as I know Kim did. I don't know about Karen because I think Karen just got straight into it and went, right, this is what I'm going to do. And you can say that. But I know no, that but it's true. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, I don't need any more convincing. You've called yeah. me a moron, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're an action girl, that's for sure. But I dwelled on it for quite a while. I dwelled on it all day. I struggled to work. I um, then went and um, read and listened to more information on those three important factors, which is low deuterium water, magnetism and light. So I wanted to learn more. I thought, I know Jack's smart and I've been following Jack for a long time, but I still needed to learn and find out what other people were talking about. Uh, and then. Um, I decided that a lot of my life is based on those principles anyway. So I get up in the morning early, I go to the beach, I get my feet on the sand, I swim, you know, for 1.2 kilometres, I don't wear sunglasses in the morning, I keep them off, I like bank up my hours of sunshine so that I can go into the office around 10.30 because one of the things that Jason said and and I have tried to stick with this, even sometimes I have a 7 a.m. meeting, reclaim your morning. You know, that to me was probably one of the most powerful things um, that he said was reclaim your morning. And I've told Howard about this to my husband. So we are now definitely reclaiming our morning and making sure that our time is out. And funny enough, I used to 
see this girl on the beach every single morning after that podcast, and that would be Karen Smith. <laughs> she was out with her bare feet and she yep. was seeing, seeing the rays and there wasn't a glasses on her or anything like that. So that was number one. Number two, I, um, I've done the blue blockers. So um, I've got the blue blockers. So I've got them going on when I'm on my computer. Uh, I also have my red light blockers at night. And um, I actually ran into the weirdest thing, but I was at a conference in Sydney and it was on the mitochondria and it was MIND, um, the MIND conference, and I ran into Jason Borden-Smith. It was unbelievable. He figured, well, if there's a conference going on about mitochondria, I need to know about it. And he looked at me and we were chatting for quite a while and he looked at me and he goes, you know what, Cindy, you don't need any low deuterium water you're making all that you need. So obviously, you know, he could tell that by the things that I was doing that I wasn't having the problems that happens with deuterium water. And I'm somebody who does not drink a lot of water. I eat high water content foods. I might take a litre of water and that will be in tea and not black tea but herbal teas. Uh, if I'm, sometimes I need to drink more water, but more often than not, that would be probably my maximum. And I always used to go, but I don't want any more. And I, I like to listen to my body. So I do. And now I understand why I don't need water because my body is actually making it in the mitochondria um, as it makes its energy. So that was, that was exciting. And for Jason to say that to me, I was pretty, pretty happy. And there was another girl with us and he said, you need deuterium water and you may need it for the rest of your life. So I don't know how he tells or what he looks at or what it is, but um, that was really interesting. But the one thing that I do want to talk about that I disagree with, um, with Jack, and that is his thing about organic food versus non-organic foods. Um, and food makes no difference as long as you do those, those three things, you know, make sure you reclaim your day, wear the blue blockers, stay away from 5G and, um, and drink low deuterium water. And then he said, you can eat any food you want. But I find that the whole magnetism, light and water is very selfish. It's all about us. It's all about one person. Whereas I find food is all about the planet, regenerative farming, eating foods that haven't been sprayed with glyphosate or chlorpyrifos or any of the 144 other chemicals that they're sprayed with around or near um, our crops in Australia and around the world. And there's probably more around the world. Um, you know, I believe that I have a commitment to leaving this planet in a better place and a better way than the way when I came into it. And so for me, food is very, very important. And for me also, before we knew about those three things, I only knew about food. And so I have done everything on an anthropological basis in knowing that my body needed sunlight, that knowing that I, but not knowing it was my mitochondria. I just knew that that was the old way. We woke up with the sun, we went to bed with the sun. Um, I also know that my body needs the foods of its evolutionary times, not of its modern time. And so for me, um, and movement as well, I, you know, I think movement is really important because we would have been running or, or we would have been gathering or we would have been in an agricultural setting or running from a tiger or, 
you know, or sleeping in the dark, you know. And I just think that all of these things are also important. Um, and so for me, I haven't given away diet or good eating or finding my food and foraging. And, um, yeah, the other day I was in um, Sydney and I thought I saw blueberries on the ground and I looked up and I thought, well, trees have got blueberries on them. Yeah, so it must be a blueberry tree. So I picked them all up thinking I've got a win here on a reserve in Sydney and I take a bite out of it, just, but I'd spit it, just seeing what it is, and it left a very bitter taste in my mouth so I decided it wasn't a blueberry. So I have to be very careful <laughs> with, my, with my gathering. So I took a photo of it and, um, yeah, um, I took a photo of it and I think I read that it was poisonous. Oh, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't next be sure. Thing know, next thing we know, Cindy's got an arm growing out of her ear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's me in a nutshell i i i take on board everything they said i'm listening to them um if i have to put a new roof on my house it will be a tin roof uh and if i have to protect myself from 5g i will at this point we have no 5g where we are um and where i am right now i've got 3g because i'm up on the farm um and i come up here and um this is this is where i put my feet on the ground where I grow my food, where I see the sunrise, I see the sunset. Um, yeah. So I want to thank Jack and Jason. That's, I think, what I want to do is I want to thank them to, to point out exactly what is happening out there and why food is not working the way it used to work. We have to look at a holistic approach. We cannot look at just food or just exercise or just blue blockers or just you know, whatever it is, I just, I want to thank them for opening up my eyes um, to a healthier world. So that's me. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Kimmy? Well, I think just for people that have tuned into this and if they weren't really sure of what this whole conversation was about, yes, you can go back and listen to it. But I just want to recapture what Jack was actually saying, because as Cindy said, we were incredibly shocked by it all because of his, as you say, Karen, his aggressive passion. But I think what was really quite interesting is he believes that 95% of all illness is now mitochondrial based, not stress related or anything else. He believed that it's to do with the light, the way that light um, changes the way our body responds in, in situations and also how food is responding. And of course, water. And I think one of his biggest attacks was the reason he wanted us to wake up is that he felt Australia uh, is one of the worst places to live. So I think what I took away from his conversation was that when and, and how I got it, and, and remember, I'm the non-geek out of the three of us. So how I got it was that when he talked about how light can hit the leaf of a plant, the chlorophyll is activated by that UV light, which then alongside with the water that the plant absorbs into it, converts it into glucose and creates its own food. So plants actually create their own food because of the light. Then he likened that to us. And the thing between us our body and the light is our skin and the way that our skin and the receptors in our skin absorb that light. And because we are now covering ourselves with harsh, not just chemical blockers, but also any sunscreens, we're told to get out of the light. 
And he believed this all coincided, the changes in our health coincided with the invention of the electric light, the, the, the light bulb, and how the incandescent light bulb also coincided with the way that light is affecting our food. But where science went down the barrel saying blaming our health conditions on food, he has always maintained that he blamed it on the light or the lack of light. And us particularly, as Cindy just said, not seeing the rising sun, which is the sun that we can look at directly, which hits a part in the, in the retina or into the eye that helps stimulate. And I'm not the scientist. I don't know exactly what it is. So you girls can help me here. But it stimulates the mitochondrial reactions in the body, which, of course, mitochondria is what makes up the energy source within each cell. So then when he talked about the water, down under and how the water is heavier here it has an extra hydrogen molecule from my understanding which means that the mitochondria in our cells do not metabolize that water so well therefore we're not getting the best water and our cells are not reacting in the best way which is contributing to this massive illness on the planet and i think it started with his own research he was an overweight man from memory and he went down this whole pathway of trying to understand what it is that's created this massive um, change in our health system and where we looked at the food pyramid and everybody went into the whole manufacturing and food processing thing. He reckons he has stayed committed to understanding the mitochondrial dysfunction and what's going on in our bodies. So I was pretty blown away by that because I had never thought about that. I had never been, I had never entertained that idea. And I think the other interesting thing, obviously he talks about magnetism, water and light. But I think when he made the other comment that those of us that live down under, we're basically imports. We are all of European descent. We're not indigenous to this land. So the Aboriginals have learned to deal with it. But we as a white culture have not and if you think about it, I think this was right, girls, but he said the majority of the world lived in the Northern Hemisphere and the magnetism in the Northern Hemisphere, our bodies adapted to that. We were better with the water and the, and the way we responded to light in the Northern Hemisphere. We've now moved into the Southern Hemisphere and, and our bodies just are not adapting to that with the magnetism. So I was a bit blown away that I hadn't thought about my my history, my genealogy coming from the European descent, but we're living in a place on the planet that is not aligned to that as such. And that was an interesting point for me. So then I turned around to Jack and went, okay, you are absolutely annihilating Australia and telling 22, 25 million people that we're morons for not understanding this. And I suggested and asked him, well, what do you expect? us all to do. It's not like you're going to get 25 million people leaving Australia. And when he said it was really important then with the blue blockers, with understanding importation of water, which I've still got a few questions around that maybe Cindy can answer, and also the ability to see the sunrise. So I still don't know if I've got it. I still don't know if I've comprehended it fully enough, but it taught me that water was really important. So I have found myself drinking um, water that's been imported or New Zealand water from the Alpine. He, he said that any country that has a lot of volcanic activity is actually better water from my understanding. 
So the European water, things like Pellegrino and Antipodes and different waters that we can get from Australia, from New Zealand and, and the Northern Hemisphere. And I think, according to Jason, who we interviewed after this, he is trying to help that problem by looking at what water we can get in Australia. So I, was, I found the interview very confronting because he, he kind of almost... Cindy would giggle occasionally and he went, do you notice I'm not laughing? This is not a laughing matter. And I just thought, oh, I was so thinking he was attacking my Cindy and, and us and all of that sort of thing. But I think he, when we spoke to him for another 40 minutes after we stopped recording, which I wished we'd kept that conversation recorded, he then went on to say, I want people to hear this. And I think what's been so great about it is none of us have stopped talking about it since. We've got our blue blockers. We're all looking at the sunrise. I'm out walking now as the sun is rising. I've changed my routine around. And not to say that we won't be healthy if we don't do these things, because I tell you girls, the other thing I went and did after I listened to this is I went straight back to the audio book of Dr. Joe Dispenza's book on the placebo effect. And I went right down the barrel of what we believe is what we perceive. And so I believe I've been doing great things for my health and have felt great for that. And so I didn't want people to give up on the fact that if you believe you're doing something really good, the body could be responding accordingly. So my world is a bit broken open and there's still a lot of questions, which I would love to ask you girls. Um, but I think genuinely speaking, I'm with you, Cindy, that I really thank them both for opening our mind hearts, eyes, and spirit to a whole new, maybe not a whole new, but certainly a new perspective on looking at what is causing the problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And well done. Good summary. We should have done you first. I just don't oh, so everybody knew what we were talking about. So well done, Kimmy. I, I'm like going, oh, she's explaining. Wow. So well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think just sometimes I need to, and I'm one of those people that has to write copious amounts of notes, I need to reread it, which I've read over those 20 pages over and over. I also need to hear from you both because you're two women that I respect wholeheartedly with your knowledge and the way you decipher information. And I'm so grateful to what you both have taught me. And then I try and put it into layperson's terms. How do I tell my children this? Because I can tell you this. After that conversation with Jack, I walked back into my house and I said, to, and they looked at me, both my kids looked at me and they went, are you all right? And I went, oh, just had the most intense conversation. And then I tried to explain to them. And do you know what they both said? I don't know if I've told you this, but they both said, well, if I had someone talking to me like that, I'd tell them to get stuffed. I'm not interested in somebody that wants to barrel it down my throat and tell me I'm doing it wrong so he can get stuffed. And then I thought, oh no, but it wasn't about getting stuffed or telling us we're all morons because he just was mean. He wanted us, as he called it, to, to create an assault on our intelligence mm. so that we actually woke up to it. So then I realized how I had to explain Dr. Jack Cruz to my tribe, don't hate on him, but at least listen to the conversation so that we could have a genuine, intelligent conversation about what would work with us. Mm. So I'm dying to hear what, what you both think from that, but, and also you, dear Karen, because I know you've made some big changes too. Yeah, well, I I wasn't there for the show, um, but I did listen to it as soon as I got back. Um, and 
I've got to be honest, I was gobsmacked by how quiet you both were on the show. <laughs> Not much that shuts us up. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and I don't know what I was listening to more was him or the silence. And I was quite surprised by that. But having said that, though, he is such a powerful force with, um, you know, he, the way that he gets his message across. And, you know, I know that his intentions are honourable. I think when I first listened to it, though, I thought, wow, you know, there's, there's ways to communicate and there's ways that can be polarising. And I can only imagine that it's a deliberate, that that polarising approach is a deliberate marketing strategy or it's a strategy to um, have him stand out in a very noisy environment where everybody's talking about food and you know hats off to him that he's found a niche you know what what and whatever works whatever gets people listening well great and I don't think that there's anything wrong in anything that he said and out you know I mean I, I can't know until I try it for myself so when I listened to it I thought okay well when I take out all of the fluff and nonsense and I just um and I don't mean that literally but when I take out <laughs> all of the um you know the morons and the all of that when I take all of that out of sight what was left in the message is what you girls have already covered here is that it's the light, the magnetism and the water. And I thought, okay, well, that's quite simple. I can work with that. Let me just give that a red hot nudge because I'm always up for a hack. So <laughs> and I found that since Cindy and I did our um, trip to Lord Howe Island and we hiked the God Almighty mountain that broke me, um, my uh, the rheumatoid arthritis has really been it's really fled up and I haven't been able to swim and I haven't been able to, I'm, I'm, I've really struggled even just walking. So um, taking myself down to the beach to get that morning light and walking on the sand because the sand is actually quite soft on the, um, on the joints and in the mornings it's the, the rheumatoid arthritis is probably the worst for me at the moment. Um, and it's been spectacular. But, but more than that, I felt fabulous for the whole day. Really sad that I wasn't able to get into the water. But in the end, I started walking down there in my cozies and then just going and diving underneath the waves rather than going for a swim with Cindy. I felt that that's made me feel a little bit, little bit better, but not quite the same, but a little bit better. Um, and then I Googled. Um, I spent quite a few hours actually looking for the right kind of water because I looked at the water that Dr. Jack Cruz was recommending and also Jason um, Bodden-Smith, and their water is $465 for 36 500-ml bottles, which are plastic. And um, while they're not excited about the fact that the water comes in plastic, I'm not willing to spend that much money to buy deuterium-depleted water that's still in plastic because the xenoestrogens from that, because it needs to be shipped from the US, it's, you know, I think... Uh, for me, that felt counterintuitive and counterproductive. So I managed to find a thread on a conversation that Dr. Jack Cruz has where somebody suggests the San Pellegrino water and he doesn't come back and agree with it, but his moderators do. So um, I jumped in the car straight down to Costco and purchased me 11 cartons. <laughs> of that water because for me which is really really interesting is because normally I drink between two and three liters of water a day I always 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 have 
I remember being in the car when I was eight years old and if my mum didn't have at least two litres of water in the car specifically allocated to me and not my brother and sister, um, I would always be the one that would land up thirsty. We'd have to stop at McDonald's just to get because if we didn't, I'd throw up in the car. So... (laughs) um, I found it really interesting when Cindy and I were on Lord Howe, we were drinking filtered rainwater and I was flat out having to get through a litre a day. So I've been really, really excited to try um, the different water and I tried a whole bunch of different ones. Another one that I found has been particularly good was a water called Be Well. That still comes in plastic. Um, but it's readily available anywhere. And I think it's only $1.80 or $2.80 for a litre and a half bottle. But I found when I was drinking that, I was back down to a litre, litre and a half a day. Um, But with the San Pellegrino, it's fizzy. So I have been pouring it from one bottle to another bottle, which takes the fizz out, and then I leave the cap off my bottle. So then the water is not fizzy when I go to drink it because I just burp way too much. (laughs) No one wants to hear that. Isn't the San Pellegrino also in just a natural, Karen? I haven't found it in a still. I mean, maybe I'm missing it, but I've looked everywhere here on the Sunshine Coast and all I've found is it's in, it's um, sparkling. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Aquapana, Aquapana comes from the same spring and it is a still, but that's in plastic. Ah, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I've missed it. But I, I keep looking. I definitely keep looking because I'm finding I'd have a litre of water in my, in my water bottle and I'll probably get through maybe 500 ml in tea, herbal tea, but that's just out of, you know, wanting it rather than needing it. Um, so I've definitely found a difference with the, um, the San Pellegrino. And, of course, I had the blue light blockers, about, I bought them about a year ago. So I wear them from about 3 o'clock onwards. Um, if I'm inside or on the computer. Um, but I have to say, I mean, I'm, doing, I'm taking quite a few different approaches um, to make myself feel on top of the world because I simply refuse to trade that for anything. So I think it's a combination for me um, of being that little bit extra educated, being that little bit extra careful. So when I'm on my phone, I've got my phone either on loudspeaker or I've got it with the earpieces rather than, you know, the Apple AirPods um, or next to my ear. I'm very conscious that my computer doesn't get turned on before 9.30, um, whereas before I'd be sitting at the computer at 6 a.m. in the morning, you know, and I'd work before I go for a walk and be still on it at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so I'm very, very, I'm really conscious of that now. And it's been an interesting feeling of how much more I felt like I've claimed my life back rather than being such a slave to technology. That, for me, has actually been huge um, because there's been a balance that I've been able to introduce that I didn't know I needed or even wanted. So that's, that's been particularly interesting to, to experiment with that. And the water, of course, has been a big thing. So I wanted to ask you guys from the point of view of, and maybe this is a, it's actually a combined question for both of you, because from a quantum physics point of view and a vibrational energy point of view, and then a nutritional value point of view, I just want to bring back that point you were talking about, Cindy, what you don't agree with him around how nutrition does not matter. 
um, the way it would matter more to spend more money on your, on, on your water than your food. I just want to ask you both, you know, when you, um, when you do eat organic foods, we've had, there's enough science and information to say that there's more nutritional value and less toxicity in organic foods. There is, we're not arguing here, are we? And then when we look at the vibrational energy of eating something that's come from a farmer's, you know, you've gone to the markets or you've grown it yourself, or there's a beautiful gift in in your mum and dad's vegetable garden or whatever it is. When you combine that, and you really truly feel the goodness in that, and you do look after yourself, and you do move your body, and you do enjoy being in the sun, and all the things that the three of us have always advocated around even meditation and time out and beautiful daily self-care rituals, I'm just interested from both your point of view that the person that sits there and does follow the regimes that we all love to do, if this has rattled them that much, could you not make yourself more sick now worrying that you don't have the deuterium depleted water or you haven't been able to invest in $400 blue blockers and you haven't got an infrared sauna and you've now bought you know, a $600 reverse osmosis interfiltration, lemon, you know, alkaline water system. And now you're sitting here going what, like we did in our text to each other, Cindy, well, what's the point? We might as well jump off the cliff now. What's both your feelings on this? And, and, you know, if people are going, well, what's the point? What's both your advice? I have a very strong opinion about that. Um, and I'm not right. So I just want to say that to all of our listeners. Don't believe a word I'm about to say. You must try this on for yourself. Um, but when we were talking with Jason, um, he's, he, he flippantly mentioned um, holistic medicine and spiritual medicine. And I've tried desperately to get him to open up about that, but he refused point blank and kept steering the conversation in a different direction. But one thing he said, um, which I haven't forgotten, and when we do get him on the show again, I I really do hope we get to to pin him down with a little bit more um, in this conversation. But he said, um, when you have a connection to the food, not in these words, of course, but when you have a connection to the food and you've applied the mind to the food, it can't penetrate the cells. The destruction, you know, the destructive components of food cannot penetrate the cells. And I tried so hard to get him to talk more about that. Mm. But what I do know and what I've seen in my events where I have a kinesiologist that comes in and we muscle test white bread um, next to somebody that is uh, celiac and their whole body goes weak. But we ask them to bless the bread, put a whole stack of love into the bread and then hold the bread up to their heart. They muscle test strong. We do the same thing with the mobile phone. You put the mobile phone next to the body and, of course, the body goes completely weak. But then we put a whole lot of gratitude and love and, and um, connection into the phone and then, of course, the body tests strong. So I think it's about presence. I think it's about consciousness. And I think that, you know, for me, and as I said, please don't believe a word I say on this, I think everything is connected. I think everything is related. The mind, the body, and the spirit, it's all connected. Then, of course, outside of ourselves, we've got the transpersonal psychology, which is the connection between each of us as humans 
And then also the connection between us with um, our plant life, our animal life, Mother Earth, Father Sky, you know, all of those aspects. I mean, we can't say for one se- second that we're separate from any of it. We are actually not. So the energy, I think, that we put into our existence can either be conscious or unconscious. If it's conscious, then I think we have more say. If we're unconscious, just like anything in our lives, if we're unconscious, we have no say. We have no contribution. It just happens randomly. So I think that for me, there's definitely um, been an increased awareness and having conversations like that with Jack and with Jason, it brings extra consciousness. It brings extra mindfulness, but I'm certainly not about to live my life in a state of fear of my plate or anything that goes on my plate. If I choose organic simply because it tastes better and it lasts longer in my fridge and I know that it doesn't have glyphosate on it and I'm not touching anything with glyphosate, I'm not touching anything that's been um, been been poisoned or manipulated to try and dumb me down so I'm not I'm not willing to go there but at the same time I know that if I do eat something like that I'm not going to spend seven days on a fast just to try and clean myself out I know that I can take control of how my body relates to that and it's either going to put me on my back or it's going to you know as you say Kimmy assimilate and eliminate all that it does and doesn't need so that's just that's just my view though. So, you know, like I say, don't believe what I'm saying. That's just that's just my relationship with food, isn't that I don't intend to have any fear around any of it. But I make very wholesome choices for myself anyway, because when I'm eating food, it's my connection to the planet, it's my connection to each other, it's my connection to harmony, which is, you know, why I don't eat meat and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. beautifully said, Karen. Aww. I agree. Mm. Oh, thanks. You just took the pressure off everyone that's still in the afterway of that whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I, you just got to do the best that you can. You know, if you live in a 5G area, what do you do? Do you move out like Jason said he would do? Or do you protect your home? Um, and especially if you're sensitive to it and it causes problems, if you need that low deuterium water, I think what you found, I, I, it just blew me away when we had that conversation about the water, Karen, and we knew you were drinking less on Lord Howe Island, which is not part of Australia, but more part of the New Zealand. Yeah. And, you're, and you were drinking just the, you know, the local water there. You weren't drinking anything else and you were doing so well on it. And so I think it's a matter of do the best. I was always told this do the best with the knowledge you've got and the resources you've got at the time. And when you know better and you can do better, do better. Absolutely, Cindy. I just, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And it's easy to go out and watch the sunrise and ground and spend time out in nature. It's, that's not hard. You can do that in New York. We know that. True that. You can. There's, there's lots of parks. You can go into Central Park. There are, there are many. There's green space just about everywhere. So you can, you can do that one really easy and you can get San Pellegrino water everywhere, basically. Yeah, absolutely. 
Mm. And that antipodes water is beautiful too. I think he was saying um, water from high mountain tops, so those high altitude locations, whereas Australia is more at sea level, I think he said, didn't he? Yeah. I'd yeah. love to know dinner plains water, like Mount Hotham dinner plain water, because yeah. the water tastes so amazing up there. And, you know, it, it's not a high, high mountain, but it is a high mountain. And when we're in Peru, we must have been getting really good low deuterium water. <laughs> oh, must have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was just fabulous there, though. I mean, you know, when, we, when you and I were in Lord Howe and when we were in Peru, you can absolutely feel the difference in your body when you are seeing morning and evening sun, where you are um, not affected by um, EMFs so much and you're you know, you getting good sleep, all of those sorts of things, all of those attributes, you can absolutely feel a remarkable difference in comparison to the day-to-day numbness we tend to become so familiar with. Do you know what was really interesting is that um, I just felt like an ever-ready. I didn't want to stop. I just had so much energy. I could swim forever. I could walk and hike and... And then I dropped at night, though, you know, because there was no AMFs. There was, you know, outdoors all the time. But I got home and I had two days where I slumped. I think we both talked about that. We both slumped for two days after being in that environment and then coming back to what was happening. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, there was a big, there was a big, um, a big sledgehammer. I felt. <laughs> When I got home, I was like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. I just feel, like, shattered. Mm, it's very interesting. Hmm. So, so, Cindy, does the water, if you've got a reverse osmosis, mineralizing, um, alkalining water system or whatever all the different ones are, does, does alkaline and acidity have a different, like I didn't get to ask Jack that, but I, I felt like he would have gone, no, it's, it's not about that. It's about the deuterium levels. But what, what's your thoughts about people that have got these beautiful, you know, water filter systems and all sorts of things? Look, I think they're they not good enough. The chemicals and they strip out chlorine and they strip out fluoride, which I think is a good thing. Um, but you know, as Jason said, he's tested most water around Australia and it is high deuterium. And when you, if anybody wants to do this, go on Google Images and put low deuterium water. Then there's an image in the Google Images which actually shows what happens when the hydrogen is too big to get into the mitochondrial cell or to even get into the cell. So if you're not making your deuterium water because your mitochondria aren't working and you're in a state of chronic fatigue and you're sick and you're not well, then you have to get your water from the outside because your mitochondria isn't making it. So get you, you have to go and find what basically Karen figured out um, and has made a difference to her because now the deuterium is getting into her mitochondria or, sorry, the the um, the low deuterium, so the, the water is getting into her mitochondria and she's able to make more energy and therefore she's making more water and carbon dioxide, which then means she doesn't need as much water. Do you see what I mean? So your thirst and your quenching of your thirst, and I'm just figuring this out. I always wondered how this worked. Why does someone need that much and 
I feel like I need none. So once Karen started to do that, her thirst was quenched because the water was getting into her cells, which now allows her mitochondria to start working better. Does, does that help? So just you're stripping the chlorine, you're stripping the fluoride, you're stripping the chemicals out. And if you're eating well and you're high in energy and you're doing really well, then you'll be making your own and it won't matter if you're drinking that water. That's how I got it. Um, but if you're not, then you need to find yourself some... San Pellegrino is going to love us. <laughs> <laughs> we should get an affiliate link. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to love us. But you know what's really interesting is I've been listening, you know, re remember we did... Uh, with uh, Alex Stewart. So we're going to be on after Alex. And Alex talked about a root cause soup. And from that root cause soup, we identified heavy metals, mold, glyphosate, vaccines, medications, bad food, food additives, <laughs> low deuterium water, I mean, high deuterium water, you know, whatever. But we we identified that the root cause are a number of things from Lyme disease to tick bites, you know, like remember that we, we talked about that and, and my, my thoughts were every time I listen to someone, it seems that that is the issue. So at the moment I'm listening to and I'm hoping to get him on, if I can get him on, it would be amazing. His name is Christopher Exley and he has been, uh, studying aluminium for 30 years and he says to get the aluminium out of your body you should be drinking a water that's high in silicon so does low deuterium water we will have to find this out and let everybody know but does low deuterium water also have silicon high in it in, you know like these are the things that you learn every time you listen to somebody there's somebody else on another thing going we should be doing this and like we said, we've got to do the best with what we've got, with the knowledge that we've got, and know that our evolutionary anthropological bodies need what they used to have and mimic those things. And, and I really do agree with the low deuterium water if you are not well. I think you need to find some and drink that, not filtered water, you know, not anything like that. You need to, to grab that until your mitochondria start working again and you start healing and you start getting the energy that you need because that's where your energy is made and mm. you mm. does that make does that help yes very much so i love both of you for the fact that you uh, you know like i love the fact that both of you actually really care about what each of our listeners do and that we all three really genuinely do believe we're all doing the best we can. I also love the fact that, Karen, you just said it before, don't even listen to what you're saying or any of us are saying. This really is a conversation that's going to come down to your own research, your own beliefs and your own um, ability to do what you can, let alone spending 400 and something dollars on water, which imagine telling your husbands, your partners, you're about to go and buy that. Like I can imagine for some families that will seem ludicrous. If you've done the research and you're on the same page as a family and things like that, then it could become very important to you. So I agree with both of you and thank you both for explaining what you did because I think that makes a huge difference. And yeah. can you know, I think it's step by step, bit by bit, just take mm. a little bit more information in what can I change um, that I can stay changed, not 
what can I change today but I can't do it tomorrow. Mm. So just everybody just take a deep breath. Go, well, what can I do tomorrow to change this? Well, you can go to Costco and, and if you need that low deuterium water, you can buy it in bulk at Costco. So if you have a Costco near you, go and do that. Um, and, you know, they're, they're really going towards organic. They don't sell glyphosate. So I'm very happy with them. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you, I want to ask you the next question then. I know that, you know, we haven't got heaps of time to talk about this, but what was your, you know, Cindy, because you were so worried about, well, not worried, but you were concerned about how you would now teach nutrition. And Karen, from your perspective of a, of a mindset around what he's done to open our minds, what would be both your advice, apart from doing your own research, but take it to a bigger level again, around what do you think is the future for our generations when we think 5G, when we think lighting, when we think we are such a small minority of people even having this conversation, mm. let alone having an imprint on this planet. And I know, you know, person by person, family by family, community by community, but in all honesty, what is both your beliefs around, do you think we are this next big, we are our next big world war between ourselves? What's, what's both your thoughts from that level? You know, Jack said um, we've created our own asteroid. It's not coming from the heavens. It's here on Earth. Um, and that really woke me up. And for me, it, it is about, I, I guess I'm going to repeat myself again, is um, doing the best that I can to leave this planet in a better place than what I've left it in and having the energy in order to do that and making sure that my children and my grandchildren, and I don't know if I'll see my grandchildren because if my children don't start doing grandchildren soon, I'm going to be an old lady. But anyway, <laughs> moving on from that. <laughs> Are you trying to say something there? Was there a message in there that we could <laughs> write? All right, we'll, just, we'll just say my grandchildren. I, I want to know that I've, is it altruistic to know that you've done the best that you can for them? And if I am just a small percentage of the population that is thinking this way, is that enough to push us over the edge to make sure that um, it's happening? Like I've been doing this 40 years and what I've seen in the last 10 years is more and more people talking this way, more and more farmers becoming regenerative farming that are sequestering carbon into the atmosphere due to their organic matter. And I even was listening to Country Hour today and they were talking about carbon farming. Like, I didn't know you could carbon farm. I'm carbon farming now. And so I guess, um, sorry, I've gone off on a rant, but I, 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 for me it is I, I can only change myself. I can't change anybody else. I can't even change my husband or my kids. But hopefully by example, we may be able to influence our family and friends and with their support, influence community and hopefully we are influencing our listening, you know, community and that there will be a ripple effect that will cause a tsunami of change that will mean, and, and we've always done it on planet Earth and as humans, we've always found a solution. So, you know, I have great hope. Um, that more and more people will wake up, more and more people will, will 
do the right thing. More and more people will fight against injustices such as mandatory um, or tyranny of, like sometimes there's a tyranny of medicine going on, I think, sometimes with some of the medications that are out there. Um, I also, you know, believe that, you know, we will we will fight with our, our dollar and, and create that change by not allowing these big corporations like Monsanto, who is, you know, being bought out by Bayer that is now basically getting uh, lawsuit after lawsuit as a result of their, you know, their bad deeds, what they've done, they're paying for it. And I guess I'm altruistic. That's all I can say is that I'm, I'm hopeful that, Things will change and things will change around and we will see that tsunami of change. So I hope that kind of answered what you asked me, Kimmy. <laughs> what do you think, Kim? Yeah. Oh. oh, look, there was a part of me when he mentioned around people like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain living in a part of New York that suicide levels, like he actually made me look at things around um, you know, this 5G, I, I've been a lot more conscious of, of the wireless and, and my use of wireless, but also just, I honestly don't know. And the fact that we have, you know, when I think of the terrorist attacks and things that can occur, human beings, you know, we think we're smart. We're considered one of the smartest brains on the planet. And then I hear things like this and what we're doing with 5G and trying to make things faster and better and, and yet we're not paying attention to all the things that are occurring around those changes. I, I honestly don't know, but I do agree with, with you, Cindy, that we've got to do the best we can with the knowledge we've got and I just have to trust that there's a bigger picture, a bigger force at play that we are all playing a part of and, and what you said, Karen, we are all one. And if I can make a difference in the small little imprint that I have on this planet by doing what I can, then at least those of us that are having this conversation are maybe going to affect those that had, didn't even have any idea to have the conversation or weren't even on this vibrational level. I, I do know that unless you have been challenged with an illness or a suicide or um, some sort of reaction to a medication or a vaccination, most people aren't even willing to have the conversation unless there's been a detrimental effect. So are we as human beings the types that are now going to have to have, to have lots of detrimental things go wrong before we listen? Well, I personally don't want to be part of the detrimental side of things. I want to be part of the prevention side of things. So I feel very privileged to be a part of this network with the two of you and with our listeners and with with the likes of Jack Cruz and Jason Borden-Smith, that we are actually at least having the conversation. So it's not going to shock us if something does occur around 5G or other conversations like that. So I also don't know if I've answered the question that I asked myself and those of you, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm just up for the bigger conversation. What about you, beautiful Karen? Well, I think for me, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm always, I think because I, met you and Cindy so late in my life, I think a lot of the um, impacts of a poor diet and a very, very stressful life have um, been a part of my experience. Um, so I think for me, I'm very 
accepting of what is and where I can affect change, I do. And I think, you know, and I think it's fair to say between the three of us and probably most people listening to this show, we all have a huge desire to affect change and, um, you know, to affect change even in our own lives, but also to be a ripple effect, to affect change in the lives of the people that we care about or affect change in the lives of the people that we serve. You know, I think about my inner circle, Cindy's inner circle, you know, all the people that you work with, Kimmy, you know, we have these groups where we um, try to inspire leadership. Um, And I think, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I feel the need to share, don't know. I was in my car the other week and I thought to myself, you know, what's really the purpose of it all? Mm-hmm. And big, long conversation with myself led to if I was those in higher powers, whoever they may be and wherever they may be, up in the sky or wherever, I would think to myself, hmm, this will be fun. Let's make some humans and let's have them all. They're either, you know, angels brought down to earth or whatever philosophy we want to have, we can have. Um, but let's have some humans and let's put them on the earth and they're all going to live, you know, nowadays up to around about the 80 to a hundred year mark. And, you know, what am I, what are we going to do with them? What do you think? What do you think we should do? I could just imagine the conversation and the conversation was, would be like, well, you know what we could do where they would never run out of things to do is we could all design them to be in service of each other. And that way they would never run out of people to serve and they would never run out of things to serve each other about or with. And it would be a perpetuating cycle because as one passes and another one comes to the planet, they're all instilled with this natural desire to serve. And I just figure that while we are living in an era that feels very new to us, When we look at history, all of this has happened before. It's just been at different levels and different, um, uh, from a different state of progressiveness. But we have been on the brink of self-extinction before. We have had the planet much warmer than what it is right now. We've had the planet much colder than what it is right now. We've had our economic situation way worse than what it's been. Um, you know, just in the last 20 years, it's been way, way worse. We've had greater fluctuations in poverty, food shortages, water shortages than what they are now. But it feels very new because we're the ones going through it. But the world and nature and life is very cyclical. And I like to think that if we can, um, if we can be present to the cyclical nature of things, yeah. do our very, very best to do our very, very best, to be in service of each other, to fulfil ourselves um, and to fulfil the planet and do our best to participate in a harmonious experience for ourselves and for others, then I think it's a good life. I think it's a good life. So that's just my thoughts. But I think that that, you know, I think everybody's, like I say, everybody is trying to do the best they can, aren't they? I think so. I think, I think for the most part, yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Based on what they know, mm. um, and based on you know what drives them, and 
yeah, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, Cindy. We can, we can, you know, we should probably finish this podcast here and then we should start another show. <laughs> <laughs> those about those that seem hell on hell bent on destruction. I think that in itself is another podcast and we can include, we can include our political leaders in that. Yes. Our heads of um, destructive companies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I think, I think that would be a really good. Do you know what would be a really great podcast? Would be a podcast on conspiracy theories. <gasps> oh, yeah. There's you know so what? There's so many out there. I, like I keep hearing about Agenda 20-something, like, you know, like people are probably saying, Cindy, it's 21 or 25 or 28. I don't know. It's not 28, Agenda 28. <laughs> we should do that. We should. We should. Awesome. Well, we've actually, we've lost our Kimmy. She's had to run off to a meeting. She's in New Zealand. So we were very, very lucky to have had her on the show with us, which is just fantastic. But we have, we have come to the end of our show, Miss Cindy. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners about this topic? I think um, between the four hours that we spent on this topic, people should be really in the know now about the three natures of nature secret, which is what Jason called them. Um, and I think Jack called it that as well. So I, you know, we, we talked about them at length and hopefully we've in, um, inspired people to really think about making some changes in those three nature secrets and see what it does to their life and their energy and their health. Absolutely. And I think that that is absolutely the key. People have got to try it on for themselves and you've got to be willing to go the distance on it. I think it's not something that's going to create change overnight, but you've got to be willing to be consistent and persistent. I think we've been being ourselves with all of the lack of education for so long that, you know, sometimes it does take a little bit of effort to turn things around. We've just got to be willing to stick with it if it rings true for you. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, my darling heart. Thank you for being a part of the show today and your incredible wisdom as always. And likewise, right back at you and Miss Kimmy. She, um, we, yes. I really enjoy it. Like I heard somebody say to me recently, um, and I don't know where I was and um, forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but they said, oh, I listened to your podcast and she said, my favourite is when it's just the three of you. How interesting is that? Oh, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've absolutely heard that quite a few times actually. So stay tuned, listeners. Yes, stay tuned. We'll do some more threesomes. (laughs) I think it's a good thing. We have so much to talk about. I know. Oh, my God. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of our listeners for tuning in. Make sure that you tune in next week where we're going to have more exciting content for you and more inspiring conversations. If they've got any questions or thoughts away, head on over to facebook.com forward slash and you can also go to all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash chat. But most importantly, above all else, make sure that you tune in here next week on Up for a Chat where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world, my friends. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
not Boston Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.